You don't just start playing baseball and then instantly make it to the major leagues. You have to work hard to get there. You have to have a game plan to get yourself to be the MVP. The Most Valuable Producers podcast is not for the average agent. You can't be average to become the MVP. Just like in the big leagues. You can't just be a one or two or three tool player. You have to be a five tool player to become the MVP. You can make a difference in someone's life every single day in this job, in this career, in this industry. What's your game plan? This is your host of the show, Mitch Gibson. You are listening to the MVP Podcast. All right, all right, all right. What's going on? Agency Intelligence Station out there. Mitch Gibson here, the host of the Most Valuable Producers Podcast. Uh, excited to have you today. Uh, appreciate all the loyal listeners out there um, who've, who've given me this platform and, and, and actually give me a chance to share some of the things I've experienced as a young agent, um, you know, good nor bad. And today, today I promised you guys on this episode that I would bring thing or bring bring back a um, a loss that I had that's been hurting me that actually hurt me for about a week and you know after I got beat I, I called three or four people and the uh, three or four of my mentors out there Jason Caspi and one of them Heath Sharon me another one and Ryan Hanley and it was it, it was for me to go after my first big account I was kind of getting you know I kind of got struck um, and and when you get beat and get kicked in the face after working your butt off you know I related to baseball you know to 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 be a Hall of Famer, you know, say I'd say an off, offensive player, okay, those guys are batting, you know, upwards of 300. 300 is pretty daggone good. So that means in, in, out of 10 at-bats, he's failing seven times. And the reason why I love, you know, using the analogies of baseball and insurance because it's something that I played and helps me learn and helps me grow. So that means you've failed, you've failed seven times and you've succeeded three, okay? So you've went three for 10, that's 300 batting average. That's better than the average baseball player out there. Um, so what I'm saying is, you know, just because you get beat doesn't mean it's one of those things that you have to sock, sock over and, and get angry and get mad. You've got to learn from it. You know, when I got beat in the game of baseball, I would go back and watch film, see what pitches were working, what pitches weren't, you know, why I got struck, why I got struck out here on this specific pitch, and, and go back in the batting cage and work on it or get back on the mound in the bullpen and, and work on those things and try to get my pitches in arsenal you know, so good for my next start or for my next outing to throw, I had to figure it out. If I didn't do anything between those five days of my next start, I'm probably going to perform like I did last time. And that's exactly how the insurance game is. So if you're going to, if you're going to get beat, whether it's a small personal lines account, a $500 BOP or a hundred thousand dollar account, the hundred thousand dollar account ones hurt worse. I can promise you that. It's the first time I've ever had a big hundred thousand dollar account that I've gotten a really warm referral to I didn't really have to I didn't have to hunt for this account it's one that just came to you came to me but I worked my butt off on it and I think that's what makes losing so hard is when you put your full-fledged effort into something and you have a positive thought about it and you feel like you're going to make a difference and then you just get beat so it feels like you just hit that brick wall okay I want to talk about that here in a little bit more um, about our processes and the failures that I had that I had went through here in this in this you know big account that I was given to uh, to quote and to write um, from a from a really good buddy of mine who who owned this business. So, been around forever, a uh, family friend of ours, and you know they're a metal manufacturer. And I got beat, I got beat. But we're gonna go into that. There's a reason why I'm not going going right into that yet. But I promise you guys we would talk about that and help you guys overcome that and learn. Um, but first, I want to talk about something that's really crucial. And I think one of the first steps of you know when you become an insurance agent, we talk about being involved in the community. We talked about learning the products. And we talked about um, just being the best, you know, kind of thinking about being the mayor of your town. Okay. 
Like Heath Sheeran's the mayor of Insurance Town. He's known as the mayor. Think about how can I be the mayor of my town, being that insurance guy, being that guy that just networks galore. Okay, and there's a difference between what I mean by networking. I think you have to, you're, you're, there's a lot of people out there that say it, your network is your net worth. And I truly believe that because we're all going to be given different opportunities throughout this career. And it's, it's up to us to make a decision. Is it the right fit or is it not? Um, if it's the right fit, go full-fledged into it and give it, give it your full-fledged effort. Um, but if you don't, if people don't know who you are and you're not getting yourself out there and meeting people and shaking hands and kissing babies and, you know, doing the whole nine yards, the dog and pony show, go out and get seen. Go out and meet people. Go out and meet business owners. Go out and start a local podcast to meet people. If this, if you're in an insurance agency where you maybe didn't grow up in, for example, it's been pretty easy for me to, you know, build my network because we've lived here my whole entire life. I'm one of six kids and we've lived here since I've been, since I was born. Um, and we've, we've been in the community forever. My dad was a baseball coach at high school. My mom worked at a dentist office and my cousin, um, and my, my uncle, my dad owned an insurance, uh, or not an insurance, a, uh, a land surveying company still to this day do. So we're, we're pretty known in our community with our name, but you know, I wanted people to know me as that insurance guy in the town. And I feel like I've gotten to the point where people are starting to, you know, really know that Mitch is, Mitch is my hometown insurance guy and that's who I'm going to go to. And that's where you've got to get to. And that's taken almost four years, guys. Um, I've people, when you first start, yeah, your friends and family and, you know, close relatives and people are going to reach out to you and want you to quote your home and auto insurance, but those people are going to run out eventually. Some people don't even want to write their own, their own family or close family friends because, um, there could be situations that you run into that you don't want to have that confrontation and people would just would rather not. I'm going to write my family and friends if they want me to. And that's, that's not, not something that I'm going to just, you know, tell them to go away on, um, because, I was learning. I wanted to get those, you know, wanted to get some business on the books and I wanted to learn the product. So building your network is probably the single most important thing. Um, that and learning the products that you're selling, depending on how many carriers that you're representing. If you show up to a, you know, propose for, for a proposal at a hundred thousand dollar account and you don't know the product that you're selling very well, you don't know the insurance carrier very well. I don't think you're going to be ready. Um, if you ask me if I was ready to quote and propose this $100,000 manufacturer like I did a couple of weeks ago, ask me if I could have done that a, you know, my first or, first or second year, I probably would have told you yes then, but I wouldn't have been ready. I would have failed even worse. Um, and there's a, there's a time and a place for that. And, and you've got to just understand the, the fact of I've got to learn from others. It's okay to network with other insurance agents in your town. I just The guy I had on last week, Sean Kirby, he lives 10 miles up the road. But we benefit from each other because I'm really not competing with Sean at all. I'm not competing with many people locally. I've actually got more relationships of insurance agents in our local town than I, than I ever run into those people against a proposal on a commercial or personal account. Um, and a lot of times, those those some of those agents say captive. Let's use State Farm for an example. I'm in my studio here in the Remax Realty Group office, where my podcast studio is at. They're next door to State Farm. Brooke Palmer at State Farm, I'm, I'm close with Brooke Palmer. Brooke Palmer has a whole bunch of my cards sitting on her desk because State Farm's got such a, such a tight appetite of what, they're going, what they'll write, and then there's an appetite of stuff that they won't write. So there's no appetite for some things. Those things I can write. So for me to have a relationship with Brooke, I networked with Brooke, met with her, see her do great things in the community. She's always giving back. 
I'm going to support Brook and State Farm what they're doing for our town because it makes a difference. And also, on the back end of things, what's great about it is Brooke and I have gained a relationship, and not just Brooke, there's multiple State Farm agents, a lady by the name of Taylor Huffman in Plainfield, Indiana, and Dick Laird, who's in Greenfield as well. So there's three State Farm agents in the metropolitan area close to me that sending me business that they can't write because they trust me and know that I'm going to take care of their customer with great respect. I'm going to provide them with great coverage, and I'm also going to provide them with great service. And that wouldn't have happened if I didn't build my network. I didn't learn what people are doing. And a lot of people are like, when I say, maybe not in the industry, if I'm talking to some, let's just say a business owner here in, in, in town and, you know, his personal lines might be with State Farm. You know, I'm not going to sit there and tell him State Farm's the worst thing in the world. You don't need to be going with them, et cetera, because State Farm has been around forever. State Farm's great. I couldn't work for State Farm. I don't think any independent insurance agent would want to go work for a captive company. If they did, then, you know, good luck. But that's why you see a lot of people coming from captive to independent because things are such you know you have such a small appetite of what you can write, but they're really good at writing it. Um, but those things that they can't write, I want those conversations, and I want I want to build the relationships with those captive companies because there's time and place that they can't write that, you know, manufacturer. They can't write that carpenter. They can't write that tree 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 trimming guy. They can't write, you know, that dwelling fire that's sitting um, vacant. I can. So when they run in those customers, I want to help take care of their customers like I would expect anyone else to take care of mine. Um, and there's been times where I've had to send out some stuff to, to a local agent that I know that writes trucking really good, and I can't write trucking, you know, like a 20, 20 trucking fleet. They don't have the company to do so. And if I, if I did quote it with one of our carriers, it's going to be outrageously expensive, and I'm not going to take care of that customer. That customer is referred to me to take care of them. I'm going to take care of them whether I write it or not. Yeah, it's better when I write it. But if I provide the best service possible, that's going to lead to a pretty good referral probably. So big key factors, making sure that you, your network, understand your network is your net worth. So continue to build those relationships, find those people to connect with, and surround yourself around people that want to do business with good people. Um, and I feel like that, that's, that's, that's where I'm at right now is I've got, I've got a group of, I've got a network of people that care about helping people. They're not out there trying to chase the money. They're there to help care about people and how can I help that person um, so build that network things will come as you grow and that you know let's just talk about real estate and mortgage lending relationships the two best relationships I have on the mortgage and, and uh, mortgage and real estate side are general manager here at Remax and also Jake Kersey at uh, Midwest Bankers those dudes right there have sent me business galore because I've gained their trust that I'm gonna provide a really good product for their customers and I'm gonna ensure for example the mortgage lender I'm gonna ensure his house up to value so that they are not in the time of a total loss fire loss that no one's losing that nobody is losing that their customers are taken care of that if it's 7 o'clock or 10 o'clock at night and their house catches on fire and they call me I'm gonna answer the phone and for them, that's that's what makes their business go smoothly and go well. And us three now have such a great relationship, friendship. We're going to events together. We're going to baseball games. We're going to you know have cocktails and, and, and dinner and just hang out and, and, and generally build friendships because our friendship or our business relationship has turned into a really good friendship. And I wouldn't take that back for the world. And if I wasn't in the industry, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have had that chance to build that relationship. So find those relationships. Build your network and become the best networking guy you can possibly be. 
Don't expect to sell anything out of it, though. If you think that you're going to sell $100,000 of insurance by going to the BNI group or going to the uh, local area chamber of commerce, or local area chamber of commerce, you know, yeah, it could happen. You could run into that one account. But for me, when I first started going to those, my first couple of years, you know, I was just that young, that young punk insurance agent trying out, you know, trying to hustle and, you know, seeing that everybody's probably waiting to see if I'm going to last. So I think that's the other thing is, is you've got to understand it's going to take some time. It's not going to, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. My dad always used to say that or always says that Rome wasn't built in a day. Try to be patient. Try to give it some time because it will come to a, t to a point where all cylinders are firing for you. And it's because your network is taking great care of you because you've taken great care of your network. But also, you still got to understand that none of that's going to work if you aren't a great insurance or a good insurance agent. And when I say that, I mean you've got to study and learn the products. And you know, we talked the continuing education. A lot of think a lot of continuing education classes. Everybody just gets obviously you have to get them. Um, but how many people truly pay attention to those continuing education classes? If you just paid attention to those continuing education classes and find topics that are going to help you become a better insurance agent, you need to do those. Get into the mastermind groups. Jason Cass has a great insurance uh, agency intelligence mastermind group. That's amazing. And I take so much value from that. Even though I'm not, you're not getting CE credits, you're, be, you're helping yourself. You're surrounding yourself around really good insurance agents to become a great insurance agent yourself. So why not learn from the best people that are doing it? Baseball analogy again. I was always taught growing up, Play catch with the guy that's going to make you better. Hit baseballs off the tee with the guy who's going to make you better. I didn't want to go to the batting cage with the guy who was going to sit on his phone nonstop, worrying about what song's going to be played next. I went to the batting cage with a kid that was older than me. I was a freshman, a kid that was a junior and senior, that was going to Moorhead State. I went to hit with him. And the reason why I wanted to hit with him because he's, he's good and he's been doing it the right way. And I wanted to surround myself around people like that. So understand who you surround yourself with is going to make a big impact about what the outcome is. Your network is your net worth. Remember that. Your network is your network or your net worth. My next... Going into this next topic is going to lead us into that that hundred thousand dollar account that I that I got beat on, and it's it's we're going to go into some processes. So it's like, for example, what is your process? Personal lines, commercial lines. Are you a personal lines agent only? Or are you a commercial lines agent only? Are you hybrid? I do both. Based off the of conversations I've had with people in the industry, whether you're a middle market agency. You know, eight million, ten million dollar bucket business, or you're a you know mega agency that's thirty million dollars, and you're an agent with with them, thirty million dollar book. Everybody's process is different. Doesn't mean that your way is wrong. Doesn't mean that their way is right. You just got to find that process that works best for you. I'm going to share what my processes are on the personal lines and commercial lines side. Okay, first personal. And if you have any questions or concerns about this, or if you think there's other ways, or say, hey, Mitch, I've had this tool. You guys got to understand, I'm, right, I'm sitting right here with you guys in the driver's seat, okay? I want to know how you guys are doing things as well. So please give me some feedback and let me know what processes, um, what, what your personal lines process looks like from quoting to servicing for the longevity of that client's uh, life cycle in your system. 
and then commercial lines the same way. I'd love to hear your feedback. Send me some, send me, send me your notes, or send me a quick little video saying, "Hey, here's how we do it, etc." If you'd like to get on the show, give me a call. I'd love to go through and talk about those processes and see how we can help some people um, on the time management side. Because I think if you don't have a process in, in play, or you're kind of just flying by the seam of your pants and got a paper here, hodgepodge everywhere, no systematical stuff, it's going to be hard for you to get stuff done in the day in a really quick, timely manner. So, for one, let's talk personal lines for myself. I'm going to skip the how the personal lines accounts come in. Let's just say it's a referral. Okay, for me, when a referral comes in, something we didn't do before is when a prospect came in, I and I think a lot of us in the agency were really bad about putting those prospects in our agency management system, whether we were going to write them or not. So I've, we've really, really changed the way that I'm putting, or I've really changed the way how I'm putting customers in my agency management system, whether I write them or not. Previously, I would... Get the, get the referral, take down all the information on a piece of paper, have quotes, print them off, etc. I'd have a stack of paper about this big from just that one account. I'd send the quote, scan the quote, send the quote to the customer and say, hey, here's your policy. Give them some key note or some key um, things to look at. Let them know if they have any questions, reach out to me. And I also tell them I want to book a call with them to go through the quote. That time we go through the quote, call, set up a time, whatever it is. We bind issues, send mortgage company, everything that they need on the home, um, lost pay on the auto, whatever it might be. Um, we bind coverage. How the process used to be is I take my sack of paper, go to one of, or my personal line CSR and say, Tina, here's a new business. You know, name, give, them, give her a little bit of background about it and tell everyone to put it in the AMS. And, uh, you know, when the policy comes in, let me know. We'll go through it and uh, get it out. That is how I've done things for three years. That has changed. And the reason why it's changed because I've been paying attention to how other people are doing things in the industry and didn't really understand how crucial it was to have that person in our system or that, that prospect in our system, whether we wrote them or not. Now I am, because we've upgraded our AMS 360 to their new core, uh, my agency home platform, I've now been, it's been easier for me to put in prospects, been able to do stuff on the go. I now have a mobile app where I can see customer's documents on my phone where I couldn't do that before. So if I get a phone call in the middle of the day and I'm sitting at lunch or get an email, I can put that, pro, someone wants a quote, I can put a prospect in there, send myself an activity to start the um, quoting process with the customer. And at that point in time, I've taken away one step already for my CSR. I've taken away the step of her putting the person in as a, as a prospect or as a customer. So now when I bind that policy and that coverage, she's seen the life cycle of that process because I'm CCing her in the emails. I'm uploading all those activities into AMS. I'm you know, putting suspenses in there for her and I to look up, to follow up on these couple of things. X dating when we need to reach out because of the renewal. Seeing, you know, putting down suspenses of when, how many times a year they want to be talked to. Um, key notes about if they're planning on getting married or if, you know, they're planning on buying a new car so I can make sure that we're following up and giving them the best customer service possible. Um, we're always that company, we're, we're, we're that company that gives you that, we're that one click away or one phone call away and you're going to talk to an agent. From 8.30 to 5 p.m., if you call our office, you're going to talk to an agent. You're not going to talk to a robot. You're not going to talk to anybody. You're going to talk to a, to an agent, probably your agent, and you're going to get your service needs taken care of. Some people are some people don't like that. There's some agencies out there that do things differently. Um, some people out there, there's apps out there like Glovebox um, 
that can take away some of these things. And those are great. Those are great products. I mean, those are really, really good products, but you still got to understand there's some people that don't want to do business like that. And with an agency like us, where we have, I, I service or, or, or yeah, I service a book when I first got there that was flooded with a lot of elderly, older, older customers, which was not a bad thing at all. Um, it just took me having to talk to them on the phone a little bit longer and explain things longer and, you know, talk communicating to them like they would like to be communicated by. So if I, but if I was to tell them to start using this app to submit service change requests, they probably would say no. So I've still got to have that hybrid feel of how I want to, how this customer needs to be communicated to. Do they want to be texted? Would they rather be emailed? They want to be, we want to have a phone conversation. Do they want to meet via Zoom? Do they want to meet in person? Make sure you ask your customer first, what's the best way to communicate with you? Okay. So now for the process of me, it's so much easier for me to be able to quote something when I have all of the information in the system prior to me even starting quoting it. Um, I've put together an online submission form on my website. Just a client submission form, name, email, address, what products they're looking to purchase today. And if I'm on the go, maybe I'm, on, I'm driving and someone sends me an email and they said that they, need, they want a home and auto insurance quote or they need a you know, business insurance quote for their you know, embroidery business they're getting ready to start, I can send them this client intake form, have them fill that out. So when I get back to the office, client intake form there, I can now put them in the system get them going as a prospect, start working on the quotes and get them over or give them a call and get the rest of the information that I need. I've now got a really to cool tool, not throwing a, it's they're, they're not, not a sponsorship thing here, not, not trying to sell the product. But now what I've been able to use is the Canopy Connect um, to send that to clients that are requesting this home and auto insurance quote, send Canopy Connect, which is a one click away from getting the deck pages that you need to quote the insurance, I think is what their tagline is. So what I've been doing now with my real estate and mortgage lending friends, because I'm usually just getting the home from my mortgage and real estate buddies, by just getting that home, what am I not having? I don't have the supporting auto. They've probably got auto insurance somewhere. What's going on, loyal listeners? It's Mitch Gibson with the MVP Podcast, stopping you in the action of the podcast. Promise you that this will only take a second. Are you a local independent insurance agent struggling to find markets for your clients? Well, look no further than Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and do what we're here to do, grow your business. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. That's NBS. B-R-O-K-E-R-A-G-E dot com. Let them know that the folks at the Agency Intelligence Podcast Network sent you. So when I get that referral from the real estate or mortgage lender, I already have the address. I already have the closing date. I already have the purchase price of the house. I have everything that I need to quote the home. Date of birth, everything. But for me to give them the best probably price... Packaging those things would be the best the best option for them. So my first initial conversation with the customer prior to quoting the home is, hey, let me compare your auto insurance quote or let me compare what you have currently with your auto insurance now and let me see what I can put together and see if we can bundle this and save you money and knock it all out in one, you know, one swing of the bat. And I'll send them that Canopy Connect link 
and they log they open that Canopy Connect link, they log in, figure it out within probably two minutes of them logging in, I'll have their deck pages on my screen. So I am now able to quote their insurance without me having to ask them 776 questions. Might be usually on a quick, timely manner because the mortgage lender is needing it quick so they can get documents ready for closing. So that has helped me with my time management piece of getting quick quotes back to my real estate and mortgage lending referral partners. I get the submission from the carrier or from the referral partner. Next, I send them a link to fill out a new client submission form if I'm on the go. If I'm not on the go, I'm picking up the phone and I'm calling them. Okay, explaining them the process, how we're going to go about things, what companies I, what carriers we represent, my processes, and how quickly this is going to be for them and smooth. That has been amazing for me, being able to have those conversations, being able to have tools to offer to customers to where it feels like they are going to get this quote rapidly. I will have a quote back to somebody if they've if they fill out the client submission form within an hour, I'll have a quote back to them by the end of the day. That's what I've been that's what I have been putting in my head. I want to make sure I get this done by the end of the day. And I do set out a couple of hours of day where I'm going to be quoting home and auto insurance only. So try to mark out time in your calendar where you're going to specifically write specific pieces of business and work on quotes that time of the day. Because you still got to build your brain. You still got to build your network. You still got to become and be knowledgeable as an insurance agent. Commercial process is a little bit different. And for me, it just depends on the size of the account. But from start to finish, this is what differentiates us from some care or from some other insurance agencies. From start to finish, from apping or from quoting to or from apping it up to quoting it to presenting the proposal to servicing it to billing um, to binding, I'm the single point of contact. Once the policy is bound and issued, I then give my file. Haven't haven't been given as much paperwork to my CSR because DocuSign's really helped out a lot with a, with a lot of those pre-fill stuff and getting applications signed that we need to get app or get, get to get signed by the by the uh, prospect. But I'm giving it to my CSR, and the reason why I'm still giving it to my CSR and handing it to her is because it gives us a chance to sit down and go through that account, so I can point out specific things to point to her that we need to make sure we're servicing on. Hey, they've got this drive, this many drivers. Hey, we need to make sure we're getting this, this, these COIs out the door immediately. We need to make sure, you know, just setting the criteria of the things that I need her to be aware of on this account. We put those notes on the account, so every time we pull it up, she can see what things that we need to make sure we're having conversations with them about. New employees, payroll staying the same. Is it changed? What were sales this year? Those are the things you want to make sure you're communicating with your commercial clients. So the process referral comes in or if I'm cold calling and I get the chance to quote it, I'm going to go see them first. I'm going to sit down with them, analyze, you know, and talk to them about what struggle, what, what's they're struggling currently with their insurance carrier. Are they having any issues? What would like to see differently, etc. Leads me into my next step. I now have everything I need on the underwriting standpoint. So I'm frontline underwriting before I go see them, get back to the office, app it up, specifically have conversation with carriers that I think would be the best fit for them. If they haven't, most of the time we get a referral, it's because they want to be with that, be with Cincinnati Insurance Company. So I'm going to sell it. Then I have now have to sell that specific specific um, piece of business to the carrier, to the underwriter, to the field rep, whoever it might be. 
I get a quote back. I put together a nice proposal. I go out, sell the proposal. I come back. Melissa, we're going to buy this effective today. Um, they want to do direct bill quarterly. Um, work comp, they want to they want to go through their payroll, you know, semi-annually. Can you please make sure we have all the stuff in the system and put me, you know, give me some to-dos to make sure that I'm getting out and seeing them and having those conversations. Policy comes in, I go give the policy present the policy to the prospect um, and first page is points points of contact if you need this call me if you need certificates of insurance policy change make a payment billing issue situation Melissa Day is going to be your point of contact claims Tina give them the structure of how they're going to be served uh, as your customer and ask them what thing what's the best way to back back again what's the best way to communicate with you they call, they need something done, they want to sit down and go through renewals, they want to talk. I'm going to do, I'm, I'm the agent, I'm going to go have those conversations with them. So I represent my account from start to finish. My team comes in after the fact and after it's been bound, and we work together as a team to service that account and give them the best possible service uh, in our local community. Bigger accounts take a little bit longer. This $100,000 account, for example. I cold called or reached out to this the owner of this business. I'm not going to say who it is, just for confidentiality reasons. But I reached out to this business, this hundred thousand dollar account metal manufacturer. They make really cool things and do a lot of business, foreign and domestic. I reached out to him about two years ago when I first kind of got going. It's like, hey, that's what I'm doing. I'm focusing on commercial insurance. A lot, you know, manufacturing is kind of a niche for me, and I would love to love a chance to sit down with you guys and and go through through your guys' policy and see if uh, I can come to help it at any point in time for you guys. Kind of got the cold shoulder, didn't have any conversation. They were happy with where they're at. Fast forward to about a month, about three months ago, I get a, I get a text message from the owner of the business and says, hey, Mitch, we want renewals coming up in June. would love for you to take a look at our insurance policy. Um, get with our HR guy and get a meeting set up and get, get us some quotes. I honestly couldn't believe my eyes when I opened my phone and I saw that text message. So I was excited, anxious, called the guy right away, set up a meeting, went, saw the, saw the facility, asked some questions, got some underwriting stuff, did my research, um, got everything ready to go, presented it to the carrier. Carrier was all over it. Carrier wanted it and got the inspect, got, got the inspector out there. Proposal came back, ready to go. I'm ready to present this. I presented this the week before Memorial Day, renewed June 1. So going into Memorial Day weekend, um, you know, I had to make sure we had all of our cylinders ready to go if they wanted to buy in that Friday with the extended weekend. The process was amazing because I learned so much. I got beat by price. I got beat by price by a pretty good amount, 18 grand. That's something that I was really frustrated about because I didn't, I asked myself, how can we be this much difference? Kind of had a, I had a, I kind of had an idea of the target of where we needed to be. Underwriter told me she worked her butt off on it, got it to the lowest we could possibly be, but we're $18,000 more. The product is crystal clear. We offer and serve, we're offering, we're offering coverage on rework and product recall stuff that the carrier was excluding previously. So we were offering a product 
that the Cadillac product that they would have loved to pull the trigger on. But our margins were so different of what they're paying currently compared to where we were at. And the age, the other, the other carriers and agents that were coming in for this renewal call I was one of three. And I was $18,000 more. So for me, it was hard to kind of let that sink in and understand, you know, well, this is something that I couldn't control. At first, I was just up, fired up, mad, pissed off because I was working my butt off on that account. And I put in my full-fledged effort on it. I was like, I mean, I felt, you know, I got in the office. My the agency principal owner, Alan, Alan Hammond, said, how to go? I was like, dude, I feel really positive about this. I, you know, thumbs up. I feel great. Proposal went well. Um, I think we got a really good shot. But when I was told we got beat by 18 grand, it's one of those things that that's something you can't you can't control that. But what I got myself into was competing against three other people on a renewal. If I could learn for something from this, it's to make sure that I'm doing a better job of cold calling those customers before they call me. Get into those customers' shoes or those prospects' office chairs before they reach out to you. Show them you want to add value to them. Build that relationship earlier. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't talk to that business or that owner of the business in two years since I called him the first time to when he texted me. That's a lot of missing space in between those two years that I didn't Send him an email. How's everything going? Hope all's well with the family. Hey, man, how's business going? Just checking in. I saw that your daughter had a great softball game. Keep relevancy in their minds. He never forgot about me. He never forgot about me. That's why he reached out. But if I would have went into this a year ago before they offered the opportunity to other people, other, other agents, I'm one of three, right? So they offered it to two other agents. One of three agents, according to Renewal, I've got a thirty-three point. I got a point three three percent chance of getting this business. That means I'm failing seven out of ten times. Goes back to it, right? Three three hundred in the game of baseball means you fail seven out of ten times. I'm competing against three other people, including the 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 um, renewal quote that was given by the by the current carrier. Put yourself. In the shoes of a business owner, when you're $18,000 more, how can you expect them to want to go to you with your product? If we were $10,000 more, I think they would have came with a product, but the margins of difference were just so much, so, so large that we weren't going to be competitive. And after finding out research and, and, and diving more into this and having more conversation, we got, we got beat pretty bad on the work comp. And we got pretty beat pretty bad on the work comp because the other carrier had an availability to add credits and give credits that some carriers can't. And I have a great relationship with our, with the carrier that I quoted this with. Had a great have a great relationship with the carrier, but the the industry evolves, it changes, appetite changes, rates change. I would have done this a little bit differently if I had the opportunity. And I think it starts with me being more communicative with that customer or that prospect prior to them even giving me the chance to quote it. I should have quoted that last year. I should have called them last year and quoted it, but I didn't. Kind of just forgot. Or was I scared? 
I'm so glad this happened. I'm so glad I got beat. I bring in I bring in a nice proposal, not really having a clue, kind of having an idea, not not having really any sense of where they're 100% out premium wise currently, with the exclusions that they're having. So in the realistic terms of things, there's really no apples to apples quotes that that went place between the three of the carriers that brought proposals in. But I felt great. I was happy. I could have thrown a fit. I could have gotten mad. I could have said, hey, let me see if I can get some more credit here. But no, I, I, I showcased my tools. I showed him what type of agent I was. I showed him I was really good with communicating. I was respectful. I was truthful with him. And at the end of the day, I left his office, or their office that day. And even a week after when I get a phone call from the owner and telling him how much he appreciated my hard work. I could have thrown a fit, been ticked, been more upset, told him, you know, don't ask me to quote this again. I'm not doing it. But instead, he tells me he wants me to quote it in March. Reach out to me in March. Let's get this. I want you to quote it again for me. I know where I need to be. You think I'm going to mess that up again? You think I'm going to miss the chance to quote that insurance for him? He's going to be waiting for me in March to knock on his door with a proposal. Even though I lost, I've got everything I need. I have the playbook of what I just did, how I got beat, what I got beat by, premium I got beat by. I have the Cadillac product in my hand. I'm just too expensive. How can I get this Cadillac product in his hands at an affordable place to where he can do business? I hate talking price. I hate trying to shop price. I hate I, price is not it for me. That's why I really wasn't too worried about bringing a proposal into his office that was super, super cheap because I'm not going to sell the cheapest thing. I'm going to sell the best thing for you. And I did. I had the I had the best product there, I believe, that day. But I got beat by price. Like I said, if it wasn't 18,000 difference and more like 10, I would have won. I would have won. So what I'm saying is the moral of the story is Back to the time management, back to building your network, because your network is your net your network is your net worth. I wouldn't have known these guys if I didn't build my network and be involved in the community. And my family didn't be involved in the community and build these relationships for me. My parents have set a lot of the ground foundation work for me with relationships I've built. It's hard for some people who might go work for an agency outside of their town or somewhere where out of the state where they don't know anybody but maybe the other than the people and their colleagues that they're working with. Your network is your net worth. Develop different strategies and processes to help you with your time management. We'll have some guests on as, this, as, as the, show, the show evolves. They're going to help us with some of those things like time management piece. Kelly Donahue Puro is amazing at that. I heard her a quick little five-minute snippet on the uh, Agency Intelligence Mastermind meeting two months ago. or yeah, Excuse me, two meetings ago. And she talked about time management piece and it really kind of lit my eyes up to stop writing things on paper. Because I was, I was, I was losing some paperwork. I couldn't sometimes read my chicken scratch handwriting. If I can't read my chicken scratch handwriting sometimes, how is my CSR is going to read my chicken scratch handwriting? How is the next agent that's going to come in that office in five, ten years going to read my chicken scratch handwriting when that customer calls to ask a question? He's the only agent in the office that day to answer that question for me. And you can't read it. How's he going to service that account? But if it's typed out, nice, quick, 
typed out notes and how to, you know, some instructions, how to service this, whatever. Don't have to worry about it. Okay. Time management piece is key, is, is key for your success. And in that time management piece, you've got to make sure you're putting in time for the prospecting and not getting combobulated by, I just got to write, 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 write insurance, write the shit out of the insurance. Do it while it's here. If it's there, write the shit out of it. But you're not going to get it done nine to five. You got to set up time blocks and things in your schedule to where you're not going to get distracted and take away from you building your business. Okay. And only saying this because I failed at it a little bit. I'm involved with a lot of things, but I'm very high functioning ADHD that always has to have something going on. Okay. If I would have had that time management piece of spending specific days and hours of prospecting and not answering the phone call for someone that needs a auto ID card, my CSR could handle that for them. Block off time in your calendar to do specific things in your day that's going to help you grow and build your business. Because if I would have done this two years ago and called this prospect, I think I would be the agent. I would have been the agent for two years now, or me even at least a year. But instead, I get beat because I wait for other people to come in. I wait for that call. Now I'm competing against four other people, and now the price piece is in there. And I hope that makes sense. If you have any questions, let me know. I'm kind of rambling on this morning, and I apologize. I'm just kind of letting it out. Um, but it's okay to get kicked in the teeth, and I think everybody needs to get kicked in the teeth one time on a big account to learn from it. I won't, I'll write this account. I'll write this account next year, and that's how confident I am. And I hope you get on the show again you know, 12 months from now and say, hey, I've wrote that account. I will write it. And I'm thankful for the people who gave me the chance to write it, which were the owners. Or the owner and his HR manager. I was able to I was able to get what I needed out of that quote or what out of that customer, even though I didn't write the business. And when he calls me a week after I got told no and tells me he appreciates all of his hard work and he wants me to knock on his door in March next year to quote it, I've got nothing but confidence that we're gonna write this piece of business. And that's how you should have every single day in your life in this industry is how, if I get beat, how can I go get that business? My boss tells me all the time how many accounts he has now that he's had for 25 years that he got beat or that he didn't, that he got told no three or four times before he got it. It's just how are you going to react to failure? Baseball the same way. Baseball is a game of failure. Baseball is a game of failure. How are you going to react to that failure? The people who become great take the failure, learn from it, and become a badass. Don't get beat and not learn. If you're going to get beat, learn from it. Don't be the guy who gets beat and just gets continue to get stomped on everywhere he goes because he doesn't learn from it. He thinks it's an ego, ego, egotistical situation. If you're going to get beat, get beat. Hold it on your shoulder, learn from it, go back after it, and win the business. That's all I've got today, guys. I had to talk about this. I had to get this off my chest. I had to share it with you guys. I want to talk about the processes. If you're a young agent out there and have a different process in the way that I've done things, reach out. Love to have you on the show as a guest. That's what this industry is about, is helping other people. If you can help me out, that'd be great. I just have the platform and the microphone in the mouth to, to, to do and say some of the things I'm doing. I want you guys to give me some feedback. I want to hear how you guys are doing things. 
Let's help other young agents become better and great insurance agents and professionals in this industry. Because it's up to us. We've, Like I said, my parents laid the groundwork for my networking. Cass, Hanley, Carruthers, Bradley Flowers, Heath Sheeran, Scott Howell, all those guys have laid the foundation for us as young agents. It's up to us to take it to the next level or for us to lead the industry up forward. And it's not going to be without us and us young agents out there and our, us producers out there kicking ass. So I'll leave you with this last thing. Every single day, and I took this away from Sean Kirby, the last guest, write down three things that you're thankful for when you wake up. Write down three things that you're thankful for or grateful for. Everything else in the day will be money because you know you have those three things that you're grateful for. Be the best professional you can possibly be. Be respectful and figure out a way every single day to make a difference in someone's life in this industry because there's so many ways to do it. I think you have what it takes to become the best possible producer in this industry. That's all I got. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Most Valuable Producers Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Gibson. Always remember that you can make a difference. If you want to get on this show and you have a different process, shoot me a DM. Find me on social media, Mitch R. Gibson, uh, or you can find me at MitchGibson.com. I'm Mitch Gibson. This has been the Most Valuable Producers Podcast. Hope you have a great rest of your day, and always remember, you can make a difference. Insurance industry. Love you all. Take care, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, at Virtual Intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.